Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, the American Legion Convention in Minneapolis, celebrity wiffle ball at CHS Field for a good cause and a remembrance of prestigious McAllister grad Kofi Annan. But first, it's Minnesota State Fair time. Deep fried cookie dough, that's that's my number one go-to. Uh, we like to try uh, a lot of the new beers. <laughs> and, and our favorite is mini donut beer, so we always start out with a mini donut beer. Uh, the, but, the butcher boys down here have a London broil sandwich that we get every year. And in the food building over here, there's a wild rice burger that's phenomenal. The French fries, we have to have the mini donuts, the corn dog, the usual. And I get a coupon book, so I'm always looking for coupon specials, and this frappe was in the coupon book. Every Minnesotan has their favorite parts of the Minnesota State Fair, and the Travel Channel's Andrew Zimmern is no exception. The popular celebrity food maven has lived in Minnesota for nearly three decades, and I recently chatted with him about what makes the great Minnesota get-together so great. You know, when I first started going to the State Fair a long time ago, I wasn't familiar with it. I'm not born and raised here. I don't have childhood memories of it. I'm not uh, a native Minnesotan. I've lived here for 27 years. And the first, I don't know, uh, 10 years that I, uh, eight years that I lived here, I would go seven or eight times of the 12 days um, uh, actually lie. The first four or five years, I would go seven or eight days. And then I went full-time going every single day. Because I, uh, I was working in live local news for Fox 9 for a while, and I was working for a radio station and a magazine, and so I always had business out there every day. And, you know, then I would stick around. And because I spend so much time out there, I don't have to eat my 20 favorite foods all in one day. So I get to spread them out. There are some things I just want to eat once and don't want to have every single day. There are other foods that I have almost every day and I'm always with people so I get to share you know I bring my pocket knife I cut things in half for me the fair is about seeing lots of friends and you know the the phrase great Minnesota get together I think it's sometimes glossed over by people who've lived here and spent their whole lives here for someone who is not from here but lived here for almost three decades now it is my chance to bump in and, and see and spend time with lots of people that I don't otherwise get to see and spend time with. In addition to looking forward to seeing those folks, is there, is there one particular thing at the fair that stands out that you're excited about every year when the fair opens? Uh, my very first foot-long hot dog at the corner of Carnes and Nelson. What is it about the hot dogs there that make them the best? It's made at a butcher shop in New Elm. It has a very snappy skin. When you snap it in half, if you look at it, you can actually see the seasonings in it. It's not over-emulsified. It has great texture to it. I get it with well-done onions and sauerkraut and a nice squirt of mustard, and it, it just has beautiful hot dog flavor. I, I'm a hot dog guy. I love it. I will honestly tell you, if I go to the fair, I think this year I'm there nine of 12 days, I will tell you right now, seven of those nine days, that will be the first thing I eat when I get there. All right. Well, we've, we've covered uh, hot dogs quite thoroughly, I think, and uh, I was hoping you might tell me uh, maybe two or three of your other fair favorites. I love the gizmo sandwich up on Machinery Hill. 
I love Sidney Smith's mini cinnamon rolls with vanilla soft serve to dip into. I love the French fry booth. I love sausages by Cynthia. I love sweet Martha's. You know, a hot cookie and a cold glass of milk is absolutely heaven. I love trying the new foods. I, I often find most of them are clunkers, but there are places that, you know, have created some really fun uh, um, foods over the years. The folks at the, what, the Blue Moon Drive-In, um, I think, have regularly come up with some pretty fun stuff, and the folks at the Blue Barn have come up with some pretty fun stuff regularly over the years, so I'm looking forward to the new items that they have. Um, I'm, uh, I'm sure I'm missing lots of regular places. I, oh, I love the mini apple pies. They do the apple and the pumpkin, I think, are fantastic. I, I will say, for me, food, even though it's, it's what I'm known best for and it, you know, most people say it's what they go for, I have as much fun spending my day in the poultry barn or looking at the art exhibits up at the far northeast end of the fairgrounds or going down to the Midway and spending a couple hundred dollars uh, on tickets, throwing baseballs at plastic plates and trying to break them, as I do eating any food there. Is breaking plates with baseballs something you do outside of the fair as well? No, I wish I could. Very good, Andrew. Well, you've been very generous with your time this afternoon. I appreciate it. Hopefully we'll see you out at the fair. And any final thoughts for fairgoers before we say goodbye? Uh, bring your sunscreen. Good advice. Thank you to my guest, Andrew Zimmern. The fair runs through Labor Day. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. The American Legion's 100th National Convention is underway in Minneapolis. MN's Tasha Radel has more. Thousands of American Legion members and their families are visiting our great state. And did you know right here in Minnesota, we have nearly 74,000 American Legion members across the state. Joining me now is American Legion National Commander uh, Denise Rowan. Thanks for visiting with me today, Commander. Thanks, Tasha. It's great to be with you today. Well, wanted to visit with you a little bit. I know that uh, thousands of American Legion members are going to be heading to Minneapolis for the 100th National Convention. Can you tell me a little bit about the convention? Oh, we are so excited to come into Minneapolis. They're, they're estimating about 9,000 American Legion family members will be there, which is uh, the American Legion members, our American Legion Auxiliary, and our sons of the American Legion. But the Legion was founded back in 1919, 100 years ago. 
in November of 1919 is when we held our very first convention right there in Minneapolis. And so we're excited to, to come back, and, and I'm really excited to be able to gavel down our 100th convention with that original gavel that was used 100 years ago. So it's going to be kind of a chat, a light little chat, so I don't break the break this 100-year-old antique that we've been having in our museum. But as we come into the convention, we are so excited because we know the people from Minnesota are are, are going to welcome us with open arms. And um, I'm from Wisconsin, so it's just across the border for me, but I've been traveling all year. Um, we have so many exciting events planned. And can you tell us a little bit, for those that aren't familiar with the American Legion, um, some of its history, I believe it was chartered by Congress in, in 1919 as a patriotic veterans organization. Can you tell us a little bit about your core mission and, and the, the work that you folks do uh, to this day? Sure. The, we, the American Legion, we were actually founded on four pillars. Most people know us for the work that we do, veterans affairs and rehabilitation, taking care of our veterans, making sure they get the benefits that they deserve and they earn, uh, making sure they have uh, great health care systems across the United States, wherever they wherever they need the help that they, they get it. Um, we have service officers who help veterans get the benefits if they just need some help getting through that paperwork to get that process going. One of our second pillars is national security. And on that national security pillar, it's all about taking care of our military personnel and making sure that, that our nation has the equipment and what they need to, to have a strong military force, as well as homeland security and, and, and just taking care of our nation, our military personnel, and their families. Now, our other two pillars have to do with children and youth, making sure that our kids are growing up in a wholesome environment, they have nutrition that they need, they have what they need to get through in school. And the fourth pillar is all about Americanism, and that's teaching our youth what it means to be an American, making sure people get out and vote when it's time to vote, um, looking at, at the resources that they have available. But by teaching our children about Americanism, we have a bunch of, of different programs, like our oratorical scholarship program, uh, American Legion Baseball, and we just got done with the American Legion World Series uh, out in North Carolina. Um, we have Boys State. Uh, the American Legion Auxiliary has our Girls State. We have American Legion Boys Nation and American Legion Auxiliary Girls Nation, where we teach kids about government. Um, we just have programs across the United States that just helping the youth of our nation um, see what it means to be an American and what it means to give back to our country. And, you know, I grew up in, in outstate Minnesota, rural Minnesota, and, uh, you know, there was an American Legion in, in my community, and uh, both my grandparents were involved pretty heavily. And I remember, right, in my baby book, I have a little American Legion auxiliary card with my name on it. So I, I remember that from, from being a kid. And it just reminds me, when I think of the American Legion, the good work that you guys do uh, in, in these smaller communities, are you still pretty relevant in, in these smaller communities across the U.S.? I think we're, we're more relevant than ever. Um, as troops are coming home from, from their military service, and, and, and even back in 1919 when the Legion was originally founded, the American Legion posts gave our veterans a place to go where they could be together and talk and, and, and share their experiences. They've experienced things that the, most people don't, and with such a small number of percent of our, our um, citizens volunteering these days, there's only about 1% of American citizens who are volunteering to be in the military. So there's not that many people who you can just sit down and talk to about your experience. Coming down to an American Legion post gives you that opportunity to talk to someone 
who's been through basic training, may have been through some of the some of the situations that you've been in, someone who will understand and someone who will listen to you. A lot of times it's just a matter of of having somebody actually listen to you and and as they're listening to you they may realize that you need some extra help and those Legion posts across the nation are, are getting our veterans the help that they need when they need it and where they need it. Um, and then all the work that we do in our community is a lot of the flags that go up on, on Main Street USA across the nation are put up there by American Legion members. And, and they are all so proud. And usually when you see a, a Memorial Day parade, a Veterans Parade, or any parade going on in your community, it's usually those veterans from the American Legion Post that are leading those parades carrying our colors. For more information on the convention activities, head to legion.org. Thanks again to my guest, the American Legion National Commander, Denise Rowan. Back to you, Scott. Thank you, Tasha. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. Twin Cities Radio personality Paul Fletcher is hosting his second annual Wiffle Wars at CHS Field in St. Paul over Labor Day weekend. It's a celebrity-filled fundraiser that fans will surely enjoy. MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm sat down with Fletcher to preview the festivities, Fletcher giving us the rundown on Minnesota Matters. The biggest thing to remember is wifflewars.com. All the information is packed into the website. You can see all the players. You can see who it benefits. You can see all the time, the details uh, at wifflewars.com. And you can also buy tickets there as well. It was sold out last year, so are it we did. getting close? Uh, I haven't checked lately, okay. but um, there aren't a ton of tickets to be had. So mm-hmm. uh, I would go get them. And, and the ticket package itself, the Saints do an unbelievable job. They're such an incredible host. Uh, your, your ticket for Wiffle Wars gets you into Wiffle Wars. Gets you into the Saints game that night as well. Gets you a Saints hat and a donation to the Hendrickson Foundation. Nice. And they're playing who that night? The Winnipeg Gold Eyes. Oh, nice. How about that? Which you can hear on our sister station, Old yes. 93.3. Indeed, indeed. Um, it, it pretty uh, interesting. Uh, you did it last year, had great success, had mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Um, but the origin of Wiffle Wars goes yeah. back a few years earlier. You and some pals were just kind of playing in your backyard, and uh, the next thing you know, you're playing in front of a bunch of people a few years later. Yeah, uh, in at Fletch Field is where we would play. <laughs> and it just got... It it got more and more carried away every year. We just, I don't even, I don't remember the, where the idea started, uh, but we just were like, let's just do it. And we called it Wiffle Wars because it was truly a war. This, at, at CHS, we're more having fun. But in my backyard, it would be on a Saturday or Sunday. It would start at 10-ish and it wouldn't go until 6. I can remember one year I was in the championship game, do a double elimination, sort of like College <laughs> World Series. I was literally shot putting the ball to the plate because my uh, my rotator cuff was shot. I mean, because, you know, you're throwing air. Those things weigh nothing. Right. You're throwing air as hard as you can all day. And you're middle-aged and out of shape. And, yeah, so uh, it uh, – and somebody just said, you should try to raise some money with this premise and – here we are. Here you are. Um, lots of good celebrities. People will say, well, I'm going to come out and see who. Well, you, there's a really good lineup. You have four different teams of rosters of players. Yeah, we've got uh, – you want me to rattle them all yeah, off? Well, or just rip, rip hit, through them, yeah. Hit, rip through them. All right, so uh, Team Clives, want to give the sponsors a shout-out because we appreciate them. Uh, captained by Mr. Jason Zucker. Uh, Meat Sauce, Don Mitchell from Fox 9, Michael Russo from The Athletic, Zach Dillon from KDWB, and Andrew Reiner, who is the editor-in-chief of Game Informer magazine. Wanted to get a little different angle, so we went the video game route. Uh, TeamSodaStick.com and FanHQ is captained 
Well, there's some controversy who, over who captains this team. It's either Mark Parrish or Paul Fletcher. I'm not <laughs> sure which. Uh, U.S. curling gold medalist Tyler George, uh, Gavin Kaysen, who is an incredible chef at Bellacor, uh, Spoon and Stable, he owns both of them. Uh, Jennifer Merrill from WCCO and from the hated Winnipeg Jets, but he's one of us, so it's okay. And plus, he's the only 3X in the lineup, uh, Mr. Dustin Bufflin. Do not block Massive. the plate if he's coming to score. I figure he's going to connect one out of every four times, but if he does, it's going to yeah. go to Wisconsin. Oof. Uh, on Team Yance Valor, got uh, the captain, Darby Hendrickson, who, uh, of course, you know, we'll get into the uh, to the Hendrickson Foundation. Uh, Dave Schwartz and Janice Shortle from CARE 11. Uh, Paul Martin. The Minnesota hockey, le- he's bordering on legend at this sure, point. Sure, let's call him that. Uh, former Minnesota twin Glenn Perkins and the first trade in Wiffle Wars history, largely just due to jersey sizing issues. <laughs> I'm not saying that A.J. Monsoor is fat, just saying we had to manu- manipulate a few things to get <laughs> sizing right. Uh, A.J. Monsoor traded to Jans Valor uh, on Team Freedom Cable Services. Thank you to them. Captained by Carly Zucker, who will, of course, face off against Jason Zucker, or Mr. Applin, as we call him. Uh, Carly Zucker will head up the team with uh, Jamie Watson from Minnesota United. Former twin Corey Kosky, uh, one of our uh, sponsors, the head of Team Cable uh, Freedom Cable Services, Patrick Driscoll. Got to give him a shout out. And just added, Viking legend, John Randall. Nice. Wild goaltender, Devin Dubnik. And brand new wild member, JT Brown. Wow. A Minnesotan so, himself. Correct. Yeah. And uh, all of them uh, were just added to that team. Uh, I also just found out we will have Madonna, uh, not that Madonna, Mudonna, uh, Nordy, uh, TC, and I believe Crunch will all be there as well. It's Saturday, September 1st, CHS yep. Field, 415, wifflewars.com for all the info. Hendrickson Foundation this mm-hmm. year is the, uh, is the beneficiary. Tell us about that. Yeah, I hope to have it rotate the sponsorships. Last year was United Heroes League. This year, Hendrickson Foundation. Um, Hendrickson Foundation just made sense this year. I'm on the board. Uh, it's, a, it's a cause that I had zero connection to when I stumbled into uh, to it. Um, and I've since joined the board because it's just struck me that much. The whole aim of the Hendrickson Foundation is to provide awareness and funding for special hockey, uh, sled hockey, and warrior hockey. So you're you're talking... Um, adults and kids, boys and girls, men and women, um, who have either served our country uh, or have uh, physical or mental disabilities. Um, And, you know, I've gotten, like, I didn't play hockey at a high level, but it's so much more than just a game. You know, I've gotten so much out of that game in my life and continue to um, that, you know, we want to see, you know, kids that maybe wouldn't have a chance to be on a team or a part of a team. You know, you, you gain confidence. There's that camaraderie and, um, you know, and you know, like sled people, for example. Somebody who's lost their legs or whatever, guess what they do after playing hockey? They sit in the locker room and drink beer. Sure. You know why? Hang out. Because they're people. Yes. You know what I mean? But they may not have the opportunity to play otherwise. And now you throw them into a locker room full of other people who know exactly what they go through day to day. It's just, you know, I mean, that's that's where, you know, the, the whole hashtag with Hendrickson Foundation is hockey changes lives, and, and that's where it is more than just a game. Yeah. And so, uh, so all the proceeds will get sponsorship dollars as well as uh, a portion of your ticket goes to Hendrickson Foundation. Well, it's wifflewars.com. Yeah. It's uh, fun. Uh, there's a, obviously a purpose to it, and you get to watch some good wiffle ball yeah. and some good baseball with the Saints as well. It's a great day. Perfect. Uh, it's a perfect Saturday for sure. All right. Thank you. Thank you. That's Paul Fletcher and Mike Grimm on Minnesota Matters. Again, you can go to wifflewars.com for all the info. Minnesota Matters will return after this.
Welcome back to the dog show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the shelter pet group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, tail-wagging, backyard-hanging, and, of course, companionship. And what breed would you say Satchmo is? I'd have to go with maybe a lavish terrier-hound, chihuahua-looking kind of mix. Tremendous dog. Mm, I'd also like to point out Satchmo's coloring, a white, gray, brown, black brindle, simply marvelous. You know, it's such a treat to watch a dog like this. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive. And now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, oh, the happy dance, so common with this group. And finally, the loving face lick. It's great how he just gets in there and, well, licks. Fantastic. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. Minnesota this week is saying farewell to an international peacemaker with strong ties to the state. Kofi Annan, the seventh Secretary General of the United Nations and winner of the Nobel Peace Prize in 2001, died last Saturday in Switzerland at the age of 80. Annan, a native of Ghana, graduated from St. Paul's McAllister College in 1961 and returned to his alma mater just this past May for the dedication of the Kofi Annan Institute for Global Citizenship. MNN's Bill Werner has these parting thoughts. The editors of McAllister Today, the alumni magazine of that private liberal arts college in St. Paul, published in a recent edition their favorite entries in the annual photo contest of the Kofi Annan Institute for Global Citizenship. The former Secretary General of the United Nations, who's now left us, was a McAllister alumnus, and this year the question posed in his name and now in his memory to aspiring peacemakers is, what does global citizenship really look like? There are many excellent submittals, but the one I keep coming back to is a photograph of a single South Korean soldier guarding the head of a highly polished conference table in a room with glossy blue walls inside a building in the demilitarized zone. The caption reads, to the right of him, North Korea, and to the left, South Korea. In the center of this table of detente, a United Nations flag on a gold stand, precisely marking the border of the two countries, flanked by strategically placed omnidirectional microphones, pointed at the conferees, presumably to stave off the aiming of something much less desirable. The student who took the photo is Rachel Wong from Avondale Estates, Georgia. She's an international studies major scheduled to graduate in 2019. She describes what it was like to visit the Joint Security Area in the center of the demilitarized zone, which is under United Nations control. There are certain points that we're not allowed to take out cameras. We're not allowed to look a certain direction when we're in the JSA area. Being in JSA and seeing these soldiers heavily armed, you feel the tension, definitely. Were you afraid? Um... I wouldn't say afraid because it felt very like everything was done in a routine. Like it was just part of a routine. Did you have any thoughts that, you know, this is one country and this is another country going down the middle of that table? It's really odd because, okay, so how that particular building was positioned, um, because it's controlled by United Nations, you could 
if you were looking at the photo, the the right side is North Korea. You could stand on the right side. There there is nothing that stops you, I guess. Because it's under United Nations right. jurisdiction, and and you have the freedom of movement. Right, and it's not until you get to a door that's further on your right, and if you open it, that would be under North Korean jurisdiction. And the soldiers tell you, if you open that door, we're not responsible for you anymore. Henry David Thoreau lamented the partitioning of God's green earth into sections held by force or by force of law for the exclusive use of a subset of human beings, when in fact that gift was given to all. He wrote, From many a hill I can see civilization and the abodes of man afar. The farmers and their works are scarcely more obvious than woodchucks and their burrows. Man and his affairs, church and state and school, trade and commerce, and manufactures and agriculture, even politics, the most alarming of them all. I am pleased to see how little space they occupy in the landscape. In one half hour, I can walk off to some portion of the earth's surface where a man does not stand from one year's end to another, and there, consequently, politics are not. For they are but as the cigar smoke of a man. It helps to give a bit of perspective when you see these actual people and like humans with lives, families, friends. It makes you see the political issue in a different light, I think. That these boundary lines are drawn for reasons of politics and people live their lives anyway. Right, right. And like going off of that comment, it's very apparent in the DMZ that there are a lot of families who still have other family members in North Korea. So while politically the, there's a lot of tension, I think on a more individual and like household level in the Koreas, there's a lot of hope for reunification in the sense that they have family on the other side and they haven't been able to see them since the divide between the two Koreas. I myself have temporary possession of a house set on a bit of land which is meticulously described in a title abstract, a history of its past owners all the way back to a previous society, which did not view land as something which could be owned. On the workbench inside my house, on my land, is a photograph of the Midwest taken from space in the middle of the winter. The boundary lines of Minnesota are not visible, but interestingly, interstate highways are not either. It's also not possible to discern Duluth or Rochester, Fargo-Moorhead, St. Cloud, or even the Twin Cities or Chicago. The only evidence of the Windy City and all its millions, in fact, is the lake ice melted by the effluent of that massive city. But clearly visible in this satellite photo are Lakes Superior, Michigan, and Huron, and the great rivers which flow into them or pass them on their way to the Gulf of Mexico or Hudson's Bay. So much for the lines we draw. A point, I think, understood by the man who has now left us. If today, after the horror of 11 September, we see better and we see further, we will realize that humanity is indivisible. What do you hope next to bring? Uh, peace. Peace to the whole world. Bill Werner on the Minnesota News Network. Thank you, Bill. That's going to do it for this week. Thank you for listening, and please tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station.